0: This is a crowd podcast.
1: You're listening to Fucks Given with David Chambers from the Authentic Man podcast. Hello, curious fuckers. Hey, baby. Hey, Florence. You are looking glowing from your holiday. I swear, like the tan is real, I swear. Am I tan? Yeah, you look like browner. Well, browner than we fucking get in this country anyway. Jesus.
0: (laughs) It was 35 degrees in Croatia. (sighs) Oh,
1: oh, Oh, God. Can you bring some of that over here, please?
0: I tried, and obviously, it did not work. It did not work. It is gray as fuck in London. You
1: did not suck the right dicks, man. Where's you need to <sighs> suck God's dick and be like, yo, Jesus, make it happen. I don't know why Jesus and God are the same person, but it's just the way it is. <laughs> it's just the way. How are you, my lovely? What's going on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I almost just left this recording earlier because I turned literally turned on the screen for the recording, and I was like guys Uh, like (laughs) no can't do today (laughs) i was like i was like look at you not talking and my eyes were like filling up with tears
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh baby why what's going on tell us tell auntie Reed and the curious fuckers
0: well i came back from croatia yesterday and the whole trip was like my healing holiday i did a lot of like self-reflection out there yoga every morning and journaling listening to podcasts um had a lot of realizations about myself and my like relationships and um so just a lot proactive. of things.
1: Fuck. Like an actual proactive I, boner here.
0: I was um and I was sad like I was carrying the grief like for the whole holiday and it was hard to you know it was hard I don't think I've ever been on a holiday in such a negative place before mm. so it's quite weird because you get somewhere and you're just like I should really be happy being here because i'm i like got out of london during a pandemic um in this beautiful country with like beautiful lapping sea like everything was wonderful on a little like private island but then you're just sitting there like but i feel really sad still and i need to go on a little walk around the island and have a bit of a cry and like sit and look at a sunset and journal (laughs) like all this stuff and Um, you went with mama barkway as well Yeah, I went with my mum, which was really good because I ended up doing some paddleboarding and I don't know what I would have done if no one took photos of me (laughs) paddleboarding my best
1: experience of my life. They were great photos. Uh, Mama Parkway did well.
0: (laughs) I, like, on Sunday experienced my first moment where I was like, I'm actually happy again. Like, I feel, like, I was feeling happiness for the first time since my breakup, Mm. which was... Obviously a huge milestone um, in terms of the breakup stuff. Paddleboarding was the first time I'd ever done it and it was so good. I loved it. I feel like it's such a metaphor as
1: well. It's just like, again, you being not so like like afraid of the sea and then being able Mm. to go and do that on your own and like pushing yourself through this like
0: fear of sea. Exactly. Like I think the breaking down of that fear and phobia was a... Yeah it's like a metaphor for like just pushing past the fear and like believing in myself to do anything else. If I can do that, if I can get over the fear of the sea and paddleboard (laughs) in the middle of this like Croatian sea (laughs) then I can do anything right?
1: Yeah you can do anything. Have you taken anything away from this holiday? Like have there been any big realizations that you've sort of clutched to and big, big moments where you're like, holy fucking shit, my mind is blown.
0: Yeah, something that I brought up in my therapy session earlier today, Mm. which was like my first therapy session in two weeks oh my god intense no wonder it's
1: it's like as soon as you've come back as well we've hit you with like all the come curious work you've had so much work guys like holiday blues (laughs) like the reality comes and sinks back in it's it's a it's a hard fucking day it was always going to be a hard day but you're here you showed up you're here you're on the podcast and you're giving it your all Very. I had a lot of
0: like realizations about um Connections with friends and realizing that I have so many boundaries and like walls up um, around being vulnerable with friends. Mm-hmm. So, which means that I put so much pressure on the person that I'm in a relationship with because they literally are the only person that can give me like everything, and yeah. it's the only person that I'm vulnerable with. Um, which is yeah, it's a lot of a lot of pressure, and I just mm-hmm. yeah I had a bit of a, like a. Lots of little moments in therapy where I was just like, this is, this sucks. Like, any yeah. little cry. And yeah, getting back from the holiday, kind of the whole of the heartbreak stuff kind of like seeped back in massively. Like, on my train journey back from the airport, my mask was wet from tears because oh. they just would not stop falling out my eyes.
1: Oh. But it's good, the crying's good, right? That's like how we physically process the the emotions, the release, like we need it to happen, even if you're like, I have no more tears left to cry, like, leave me alone.
0: Yeah, it was quite overwhelming though, because I was like, I felt really good, like on Sunday, my last day in Croatia, and then like, coming back home, I was like, you know, I've got this, I've got this, I can do this. <laughs> and then as soon as I was back, I was like, I don't got this, I don't got this. Yeah, like just fuck. another wave. I mean, I do, I have this. Mm -hmm. But it's just there are waves and there are lots of, you know, hurdles along the way. Um so I'm just feeling very vulnerable Mm -hmm. right now, basically, because I just opened loads of wounds in therapy this morning. Yeah. And I just feel like there's just a lot of people pulling me in different directions, and I'm just Mm -hmm. like in the middle, like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with getting out of this depression and like I only got broke like my breakup was three weeks ago today like that was not very long ago Mm -hmm. um I don't have my best friend like to be there for me right now so it's just really hard Mm
1: -hmm. well we we just assume that it's going to be easy and that we've gotten over a hurdle and when we feel good that it's going to be good from now on and it's not like as you said it's waves and we have to accept those waves where there are going to be moments where you feel good and there are going to be moments where you feel low and that's Mm -hmm. you have to ride those waves like that fucking paddle boat and try and get through it because each time you do each time you ride that wave it will get a little bit easier not massive amounts of easy but it will become easier that little hole in your heart will just end up c- closing up, and you'll be able to beat like normal. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But you just you just have to over- listen life, to yourself. Life is overwhelming. Life is very overwhelming.
1: Yeah, I can imagine right now, especially after everything that's going on, and mm-hmm. like
0: big you- parts of me just want to run away. Not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> shut down, like, run away. Should I
0: just go out and hide in a cupboard? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that will be the safe space. But you know, like pushing yourself through these moments of uncomfortability will mean that you you grow as a person and yes. you push past and the fact that you're doing everything so right you it, no one could fault you no one could say you're, you should be trying harder you're doing all the journaling and all the therapy and all the good things and supporting and also fucking listening to yourself because as much as we talk about communication it communication means nothing if we're not listening to ourselves and what our body wants and what our brain wants and so it's trying to trying to figure out what side you want whether or not you do need a bed day or whether or not you do need to push yourself for work or the Mm -hmm. distraction and only you can make that call
0: I'm one of those people that pushes myself to do everything, so yeah, <laughs> I find it really hard to say when I'm struggling, and I find that when I do say that I'm struggling, people don't really take me seriously because I always turn up, yeah. um, and I find it really hard to be like decisive about what I want in terms of all of that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a weird one, I think, doing what we do because whenever we do show up and whenever we we are here, like it it is help like it helps because of the topic of what we're doing like just sitting here and chatting now is better than sitting and just feeling like oh I'm so overwhelmed I'm just gonna sit here in silence
1: yeah we always do this like when like especially if we're oh not sure about a podcast or don't want to make the don't want to do this film and then afterwards sometimes it just gives us that extra boost of energy in life and it's really surprising but it's having to push yourself through that first boundary it's tough like and and as you said what we do is very taxing you know like we are switched on Mm -hmm. 24 fucking seven constantly we don't have evenings we don't really have weekends it is constant from our side you know not to like rub the productivity in anyone else's face if you have a job that allows you to switch off like relish in that because you might not and and that can that can be fucking damaging for your mental health and we really need to take that into account that we need to do that we need to make sure that we have i mean we, we set boundaries off. yeah we set boundaries for ourselves We it were like evenings big. let's not talk about what was it it was like every morning we would
0: just message each other oh, about yeah. work and we were like yeah no 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 we're like that.
1: let's stop that let's say fucking good morning first
0: and then talk <laughs> yeah. about at least <laughs> be like hey good morning how are you and then the work stuff <laughs> at least
1: yeah, yeah exactly <sighs> we that. at first
0: we were we, we, we,
1: we weren't doing that at all. Especially when we had like other jobs and we were like working normally yeah. and then doing Come Curious like in our evenings and weekends. And it just, it was, it's fucking mm. stressful.
0: It is so yeah. stressful. I think it's just, it's a it's one of those annoying things in life when like we have just got a new manager and things are starting to happen for us. Oh, and like yeah. things are getting busier. And there are, yeah, there's just a lot of things like happening around the world as well. Like I'm going to a festival at the weekend and like another festival the next weekend. And, um, and it's just like, oh shit, now I have to manage like all the new things, actually doing things in life and like not doing just work. Cause I'm a very like, could just easily just do work person yeah. um, and not do all the fun stuff. I don't
1: know a single person that's gone to a party or going to a festival this year that isn't not just like anxious, but terrified. Like the excitement yeah. is is past the excitement because again, we have been out of fucking action for like a year and a half, if not longer. Yeah. And so going to something big like that Even if you're like, yeah, I'm excited. That excitement can turn into like residual anxiety and just be sitting there freaking you out, even though it's something that you look forward to. And then you feel guilty for it because you're like, but this is a holiday and I'm really excited. But really you're just like, I'm fucking shitting it.
0: I think I have a lot of anxiety this week, probably because of the festival, probably because Quarantine Bay is playing there and he's going to be there.
1: That's going to be fucking tough. But you're going to have an amazing time. And again, it's going to be another like growth situation whether or not you have hard moments yeah. you're still going to come mm-hmm. away from it going like I fucking did this
0: yeah 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 I was just I was thinking about it I was like well you would either be at home feeling like oh you know I should have gone like I'm I feel left out All my friends are going to be there my sister mm-hmm. and my friends are going to be there and or you would be there there will be may probably some uncomfortable moments but you'd be there and you having all the fun bits as well
1: yeah yeah exactly may as well turn Um, a potential bad situation into something that's positive you've got to psych yourself up you know be your best cheerleader be like come on fucking florence you can (laughs) do this i'll
0: tell you how it all all goes oh shit i
1: actually (laughs) it's it's gonna be i i'm really i'm so proud of you for being able to do this this is gonna be such a hard thing to do and i feel like you're gonna have a fucking great time and yeah you're gonna have moments where it's gonna be hard and you're gonna be really
0: sad but those are really important too this is the first ever festival I've ever been to. I've never know, been to a music festival before.
1: I, I know, Florence. I don't, I don't, I don't even old. know. <laughs> I do. Mate, it's going to be so good. It's going to be fucking magical. I swear to God, it'll be like Disneyland for the first time. And you're like, oh my
0: God, where? I'm just excited to like listen to music and dance and like have a good time. I haven't done that in a long time.
1: It's gonna be like riding a bike. You'll get you'll get in there, get in a crowd, and have a moment of like, Whoa, "This is weird," and then you'll be like, "Yeah, fuck <laughs> it!" Like you know, we only live once. Go, Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I literally just said YOLO like unironically. <laughs> oh. Fuck whoa, me. whoa, man! Uh, please <laughs> let us move on. Um, well, this is perfect timing because we have an actual therapist coming to join us on <laughs> this episode. So maybe you'll get some good nuggets of life info. Let's get David on. So he is a sex and dating coach for men, and also is the host of the Authentic Man podcast. Ooh.
0: David hi hello hello I I actually met you do you remember I met you once in in the shush store in London yeah
2: yeah, I remember very well that night
1: yeah what else happened
0: You're both grinning (laughs) from ear to ear. Unfortunately, like nothing that exciting. I think I'd just gone, I I met one of my friends there and Mm -hmm. he introduced me to you and Uh, then we left.
1: (laughs) Oh, I see. Very nice. I love how small the world is though. Um, So David, please tell our curious fuckers a bit about you, what you do and who you are. Mm.
2: I'm a coach mainly, men's coach. I work mainly with men predominantly, but I do work with some women. Um, Mm -hmm. And I work with men around... Ah, oh, dating, dating from a place of authenticity and, and true yes. deep connection. You know, the place that the mythical place that a lot of people don't believe that men want, whereas I find a lot of men come to me and that's what they really want. Um, I help men, a lot of men around their masculinity and kind of stepping into that kind of a healthy, positive masculine expression of themselves, you know, because so many men have got such a, toxic view of masculinity they don't even want to be masculine they're like oh I don't want to be because I don't want to be doing bad things so I help them kind of move into a place where they can be masculine men and be loving in the same time you know that that place that we often forget that you know men can be really loving and kind and generous to the world Um, and I help men uh, and couples with with intimacy and I bring in a lot of my tantric learnings into that and help them just connect on a more deeper level, on a level that's beyond the physical, you know, get them down into that deep soul connection. Um and I also teach tantric workshops with my partner also, who you guys know.
0: Yeah, we had her on the podcast. Yes, yes. Please. Yeah. I was gonna say name also. and shame, but that is not the right expression. <laughs> Name and shame. shame. You know, it was also, but I think she came on as Taylor Matched on the podcast. Yes, mm. yeah. that was a while ago. She was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we love her. <laughs> I think it's really interesting coming at what you do from, um, I guess, the world and like the way that we talk about masculinity. And even the way that mm. we talk about masculinity sometimes, which is like toxic masculinity. Like, mm. we need to stamp this out. And it's, all, it's like a really negative way um of talking about it and also a very unapproachable way for men to then be like well how do i then you know how do i approach this when you're just shaming me and like pushing me away and saying that I'm toxic um so mm. I think the work that you do is so important I think everyone on Love Island could do with a session mm. yeah Thank with you. You. Thank you I
2: feel <laughs> oh, <I'm, laughs> I'd love to work with them
1: <laughs> right <laughs> that, would be, that would be so interesting I I feel like I've been like toxic masculine obsessed at the moment I've had to have a real fucking talk to myself this weekend and be like yo you need to fucking chill because you can't expect everyone to be my own version of perfection. And I've had to mm. apologize to a couple of people, uh, men in particular, especially the guy that I'm seeing at the moment and just be like, I'm sorry that I'm on your case all the time. It's not fair of me because I'm ex- mm. I, it's, it's like, I've already got my backup and I'm expecting to be, for him to be toxic because of like his friends and his environment and the way that he thinks. And that's not fucking fair. So yeah, this is, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. And thank you for doing the work that you do because you know, I try and be like, well, we all try and be as aware as possible, but I think I went too far. Like, I jumped off the deep end, and I was just like, "Oh, because you're listening to this type of music, that must make you aggressive." And that that was that was a shocking realization for me to have. Oh. Like, I need to take a step, motherfucking back. Yeah.
0: How 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 do you? I guess how do you approach the sort of to- toxic masculinity conversation in general with men?
2: Hmm. Uh, uh. It's an interesting one, actually, because, you know, I've worked with quite a few clients who are really afraid to do anything that could be construed as assertive, too confident, anything that be, could look as, like, overbearing or anything that could be screwed as, like, toxic masculinity, right? But what that mm-hmm. actually means is that these men are not potent in their life. They're not going for the things they want or, let's put it from a dating point of view, you're, you're dating a man, right? And there is certain parts of you that want him to lead. You want him to make decisions. You want him to feel his decisiveness, right? You want him to feel his, his what I like to call kind of that, the his firm consciousness, right? And we're not just talking about penis, right? we're talking about his, his being, feeling firm, right? Mm. So you wanna feel his boundaries, you wanna feel his opinions. But if he's scared all the time to be seen as toxic, he's gonna to hold all that back. He's gonna hide, he might even lie, right? And he's gonna yeah. be basically being inauthentic to himself, which is going to cause him some internal conflict but also create conflict around in his life. So a lot of what I talk about with with men is like what you know what is it you really want what place is that coming from you know because inside of toxic masculinity a lot of the expression of that is really about getting what you know uh, that man wants without care for anyone else, right? without any love or care for anyone else in the world, right? So when we look at let's take it to a political level, right? because politics is easy to see is like When we're thinking about things like climate change, right, we know that Mm -hmm. the loving and kind thing to do is to reduce plastic use, to reduce oil and fossil fuel use, right? But actually, governments and organizations are just raping the earth again, right? Mm -hmm. They're just taking everything they can take, right? Because they're Mm -hmm. not thinking about anyone else apart from themselves and their own greed, right? And then when we take that down to a smaller level to individual men, that's men who are like, okay, there's a woman in front of me and I want to take sex from her right they approach with this I want to take sex from her Mm -hmm. whereas I talk to men as like okay you want to you've met a woman you want to get to know her maybe you want to sleep with her but actually how can you bring your loving heart into this right and come from that place about from a place of wanting to connect deeply to be curious to understand them to you know take them on a, a kind of experience right so when you start coming at things from that point of view it's like oh wait I can bring love and kindness and generosity and balance and playfulness into this. I'm not taking anything. I'm co-creating experience with somebody. And that shifts, right? You can bring leadership into that. You can bring decisiveness into that, but it shifts it from being toxic into being, what I like to call kind of healthy and loving masculinity.
0: Mm. Yeah. How do, how do men like get there in the first place though? Like how do they start that journey to be like, okay, I wanna be more conscious. I wanna be more aware. Like, because I think I I'm just thinking about sort of I guess this has come up a lot in like my thinking about men recently because of watching Love Island and seeing the behavior that is projected there, and I'm like, okay, this this is a large amount amount of men in our society that sort of act like this, and I think I've kind ca- kind of coming at it from a point of view where I'm just left a very communicative re- relationship, and I'm like I'm scared of who I'm gonna meet in the future because I'm like, well, what if. You know they aren't good at communicating what if they're they aren't conscious that what if they're not aware like how am i supposed to find men like this
2: i think this is the the golden question that women come to me for right and i always start start with yourself right because you when you cultivate this inside yourself and in your life right so you know you cultivate this level of consciousness and awareness and you know getting to know yourself your emotions your feelings what's what's going on for you, what triggers you, right? You spend the time to learn about those things for yourself, right? and then we start to express that out into the world that might be you know you guys have this podcast and it's about raising people's consciousness when it comes to Mm. sex and sexuality right that's an expression of who you are so anyone that's going to meet you is going to be coming to contact with that expression so they're going to feel that they're going to be like oh wow there's this expression of consciousness through the through the work and then it's going to come through maybe how you you know you decide to exercise maybe instead of you know punishing yourself through iron man you you find yourself some yin yoga right and that's what you do so when we start to become more aware of our own being our own kind of past our own trauma um our own insecurities right which is a big one for for both men and women we Mm -hmm. start to express that out into the world now when we look at something like love island the biggest problem is is a lot of these men they're trying to live up to right what they've been told men need to be Right, yeah, and, and and that force is great. Like I said, big force because there's so much that we see in the media and television and movies. It says to be a man, you need to be six foot tall. You need to have massive pecs. You need to be amazing with women. You have to have a massive penis. You need to have slept with a hundred plus women. Women need to throw themselves at you. You right. You need to make loads of money. You need to be really successful. You need to have a good mm-hmm. status. You need mm-hmm. to have a nice house. Now. A lot of men, are like because of their own insecurities about themselves and wanting to be seen and wanting to be meaningful and important, they're like, well, that's what I need to aspire to. So that's what I need to aim for. But in fact, it goes in conflict with their inner being because really they don't want to be like that, right? Because they can feel for themselves like I'm playing a role here instead of looking at who my authentic self is. The hard thing is is that society has such a, a, a stranglehold on how men should be It takes a a strong man or a man who's going through some pain, you know, that might be mental health issues, that might be physical pain, to see doing this and trying to live up to this doesn't work. I want another direction.
1: Yeah, that's so incredible. My brain, I'm like, how do I even (laughs) say after words? (laughs)
0: Ah, amazing. (laughs) So today we were going to talk about um, sex in long-term relationships and how we keep things kind of spicy, as Cosmopolitan would say. (laughs) How do we spice (laughs) things up in a long-term relationship? (laughs) I don't. you, You work with a lot of couples to create intimacy and keep intimacy alive in their relationship. Does this... Actually, do do the things that we were just talking about with men, toxic masculinity, like being conscious, aware, does that coincide with how sex then is in a long-term relationship?
2: Yeah, there's definitely similarities, right? Because one of the big problems is, is, you know, a lot of women come to my partner, as I said, and they're like, you know, I want to do this work. I want to be more conscious. I want to have better sex. I want to have more connected sex. And the man I'm with doesn't want to go on this journey, right? Mm. And often when you start digging in, you know, speaking to the man, it's that he has fears, he has concerns, he doesn't understand. So this is where a lot of I think one of the biggest problems when it comes to long-term relationships and sex is communication. We don't communicate <laughs> properly. We don't say what it is that we desire, yeah. And we don't. On top of that, we don't listen to what our partner says they desire as well. And also in the moments where we are, you know, having some sort of heated conflict or anything like that, we don't stop to think. They don't stop to replay things back to each other, right? So I think a lot of what happens is we have an argument and we don't finish it, we don't resolve it. We just kind of like, okay, I don't wanna talk about that again. I don't wanna talk about it anymore because it's painful. But if we do some practices where we reflect back, like I I can hear, right, from what you're saying, that you're very angry, right? That I didn't do the washing up and you feel that you feel unappreciated and unloved, right? Mm. Yes, I understand that. And then our a partner goes, yes, that's that's how I feel. Got it, I fully understand that. But a lot of the times what happens is someone shouts about not doing the washing up and then the other person goes, oh, I did the washing up yesterday. And then the other person's like, oh, but you only did it once yesterday. And before you know we've gone escalating argument that never mm-hmm. really resolves itself, right? But when yeah. we reflect black, we feel heard, we feel understood, we feel seen. And when we start to bring this level of communication and awareness into our relationship at different levels as well as sexually, right? We start to come closer together, have a deeper understanding. And then when we're on the on the same wavelength, we can start doing practices that, you know, start to rekindle or redirect the energy back into the into the bedroom.
0: Mm. I saw actually on um, your partner Orsa's Instagram that you guys in your relationship have, um, was it like weekly meetups where you sit on the cushions on the floor and you like have tea and you talk about all the things that are like going on in your relationship? I saw that and I was just like, that? is what we all need to do the dream. in relationships oh my days <laughs> how does that work how do you get to a stage where you are so open with communication and where do people start if they want to start communicating more in their relationships
2: i think an easy place to start is start with the things that you really like one of the things we do in relationship is that after a while we stop talking we stop actually saying what we really love about our partners or what we really love that they do, right?
0: Yeah. So that
2: the problem is, is when we say, oh, we don't communicate. Often people take that as, oh my God, I'm not this, I don't hear, I don't say all the bad things or I'm not hearing all the bad things, we get scared, right? So start with, you know, talking about the good things, like what's going really well, what you really love about your partner, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. in the morning, they hug you and you go, oh, I really love it when you hug me in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. Something as small as that, it starts to communication going, right? and to the, 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 the relationship learnings, we call it, right? So we have a monthly yeah. check-in, where we sit down and it's a bit of a ritual now. We, you know, we get tea out, we got crystals, we light incense, we meditate. Sometimes we even like, we'll dance, there'll be tears, but we share oh. in those times, right? And we just asked each other, there's quite a few questions we've got now, but the basic questions that, that we started off with yeah. was, what's going well, right? What's not going well? What do we want to change? What do you want more of, right? And over the month, yes, there's anything that comes up for you through the month, you can add them into any of those boxes. If we talk about it organically through the month, we can remove it from that. But we have our own separate note that we keep. So when we come together, we have that conversation. And it can feel quite scary, right? Especially that quest, that second question. What's not going well, right?
0: Like, You're like, am I going to push this person away? (laughs) Are they going to not like me if I say this? Or an uncomfortable
1: conversation. Mm. Like if you're in a nice safe space, you don't really want to make it negative. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think with a lot of communication and relationships, people don't say things because they're like, well, if I let them know that, then my my partner's going to leave me.
1: Yeah, or like Mm, start mm. an argument or like ruin the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that, if you avoid arguments in your relationship, anyone if have either of you had an experience where you've been in a relationship and, and you spend a lot of your energy avoiding arguments?
0: Yes, Absolutely I not. hate confrontation. So well, like, I avoid arguments on all costs with everyone in my life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and what does that lead to for you?
0: Um, being a massive pushover and having to step down and step back and feel like I'm kind of alone in my um yeah and what I want
2: mm. and how else does that make you feel inside the relationship
0: oh this is like a therapy session mm. so yeah got, <laughs> <laughs> the coaching hat slipped yeah. on real quick <laughs> <laughs> how does that make me feel in a relationship unheard like no like mm. not listened to
2: right so avoiding avoiding conflict leads you feeling unheard mm. right You know, avoiding having the conversations you need to have leave you feeling unheard. Which, you know, feels slightly obvious. So if you were to say what it is that's, you know, there for you, what's going on for you, right? And that was accepted, how would you feel then?
0: I feel great if someone just heard me and accepted (laughs) myself. I'm thinking like uh, this, I'm thinking back to my like four and a half year relationship when I'm thinking about this. Mm. Because I actually had like a really i really tried to communicate in that relationship and Mm. whenever i did it was always sort of thrown back in my face um Mm. with i'd be like we're not having you know i'm not happy with the amount of sex that we're having like i feel like i'm not desired or all of this and then it would be like well you know like you don't keep the house clean you're really untidy you leave things out and then i would just feel like oh okay so like this is all my fault and then i would never bring things up again because i knew that i would just be like blamed for things if i mm. then question things that's fucked Mm-mm.
2: yes yes that is messed up and it's it's defense right someone is defensive they feel attacked right is yeah what happens often when people bring up things so there's a few ways in which we can try and word things even a bit differently right is take ownership is like say of instead of saying for instance i don't feel desired it's just like how you would like to feel not how you don't feel Mm.
1: because
2: that gives someone some space right Mm -hmm. inside of that that's not an attack that's an invitation
1: yeah if you're like
2: i would like to feel i would like us to feel i would like to feel you know really sexy and i'd like to feel really connected with you and you know things like that and say you know what how do you feel how do you feel that we could do that or do more of that now that's an invitation for someone to go ah well you know or we can even ask on the back of that would you like to feel that way as well
0: Yeah. And then that gives
2: them space.
0: Yeah. Why have I never thought of that before either? (laughs) This is (laughs) why I'm really doing this podcast. (laughs) It
1: makes sense. I think we both felt like that in our past relationships. And yeah, the Mm. easiest thing to say is you're not doing this for me and I want this and I don't feel like this, rather than that whole, you know, the positive side of things. Uh, It does paint a whole different spin on it. It's such a simple move but like changes everything my mind is blown
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) did we did we um did we get to the root of that first question which was how do we spice things up in a Mm long-term relationship Mm
2: -hmm. yeah yeah i um so i think there's two ways i like to look at this right Mm. one is a relationship is an entity? Is like a third entity. If you're in a relationship, if we can start treating our relationship as a third entity, which we have to give energy to, right? Mm-hmm. We are also part of that relationship, so we have to make sure that we get enough energy, right? But when we start to look at that, and that as a third entity, it's like, oh, that's a third thing. Like a, we'll call it the baby, right? Is an easier way to pull it, right? Because a baby, we know we have a baby together and it needs energy, it needs time, yeah. it needs nurturing, right? And a relationship is like that. And what happens after a long time is we forget that we need to nurture. At the beginning, it's easy to do, right? Because it's yeah. like, oh, it's exciting, it's fun. Oh, you're exciting, you're fun. I've never touched your toe before. Let me touch your toe. Oh, that feels cool, <laughs> kind of thing, right? <laughs> You know, that spank you a little bit. Oh, you like that? Oh, great. You like to be caressed and massaged. <laughs> and then we've done that like five times. And then we go, oh, well, we know what that feels like. Oh, I, I, you want, I don't need to have that experience because I know, right? And mm-hmm. this is one of the biggest kind of fiefs of um, spice in relationship is the idea that we know. We know what our partner's like. We know what they like. We know how they like to be touched because we yeah. stop exploring. We stop coming them from a, a new point of view. We stop seducing them right yeah and, and you of repeating all the
0: things that you just think that they like and then it just becomes like a machine when you're mm. in the bedroom
2: mm. yeah yeah you just become and I, I think you know I, I like I said I work with men predominantly and this is something I uncover a lot with men right it's because often you know there's that you know as we talked about the kind of the, the the masculine imprint we get from society you know it teaches men to be process driven and orderly and all these type of things right and it's like dude, you need to bring some of that feminine energy into your being, that's spontaneous, that's got flow to it, that's trying new things, that's exploring, that's in the moment, right? So it's like, how can we start doing different things, try new things, talk about our desires, new desires that have come up? Because that's another thing, it's like- Things change. (laughs) Yes, we are ever-changing beings, right? What Mm -hmm. we enjoyed yesterday and last year might have changed by the the year afterwards.
0: Yes. Mm Oh. I was talking to my friend the other day and she was saying that she, the sex that she has with her partner, she always used to love a bit of fingering. And like, mm. that was like something that really sort of warmed her up. And it was like what they always did. She was like, yeah, you know, like the moment, like, you know, he just, he does the, the fingering. He's like, she was like, actually, I don't, I'm not really into that anymore. It's not like warming me up in the same way. Mm. And I was just yeah. like, well, you know, like tell him. Maybe mm. tell him that you're not into the fingering at the moment. She was like, oh yeah, yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll just, I'll just tell him that I'm not into the fingering.
1: I feel like that's even harder though when you have that established connection when it has worked before and then all of a sudden- Exactly. You need to change something in your relationship that's worked for a long time. That's it's scarier rather than yeah. bringing
0: something new in. And I think people get offended as well if you're suddenly like, that thing that you do, yeah, I'm not that into it. Yeah, and then they're like, don't do it. Wait, have you never, like, have you never been, have I been doing that the, this whole time and you didn't enjoy it? Yeah,
1: the, the embarrassment, the shame, like I should have known. It's like, no, you definitely shouldn't have known. Bodies change, We, yeah, we definitely forget yeah. that more. It's crazy.
2: And we, and we sometimes feel like, oh my God, have you been lying to me this whole time? Mm-hmm. You haven't yeah. liked it, I've been doing it. And then we start feeling shame. We're like, oh, I feel bad, I shouldn't mm-hmm. have been doing that. Like, oh, I'm terrible, I'm bad, I'm wrong. Or we go the other way yeah. and get angry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the sh- the shame, the shame curtain like comes down quite easily when it comes to sex. Because as soon as we're like, oh, we did something wrong, it's like, oh fuck, like, oh, I, sh- I knew that that was- I should have been ashamed of doing that in the first place, um, which makes it really hard to talk about. Basically, mm-hmm. David, do you have any
1: um, reoccurring problems that people come to you with, or questions that people come to you with, regardless of gender? Is there something that you're always answering and always coming across.
2: You know, one of the most common ones is like, okay, you know, we don't have sex anymore in our relationship. That's such a common one. Mm-hmm. Such a common one. Okay, yeah. we're not having sex anymore. We used to have really great sex and then it kind of dried up and you're like, you know, what happened? Oh, I don't know. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't try or, or, you know, the other way around, you know, it's usually, you know, used to happen and now we don't. That's a really common one. That's a very common one. And... Mm-hmm you know, the, the, what I see most commonly in that is, is a bit like what we just talked about. They've just been doing the same thing for five, mm-hmm. 10 years mm-hmm. and no one has thought to talk about it and they have that shame, right? We have, you yeah. know, we can't, ignore the societal shame that we are given that is pressured onto us around sex, right? We've grown up, you know, basically, like I grew up in a a Christian household. My mum is a good Christian Jamaican woman. Mm -hmm. Um, To this day, I don't think she's listened to an episode of my podcast. Um, (laughs) You know, we never talked about sex. Sex was something you only did when you got married. So Mm. imagine you. no one ever taught you to talk about something and then you're thrust into a relationship like, it takes years to unpack some of this. And, and a lot of the time, yeah. we never bother to start to look at, you know, what's sitting in our kind of sexual shadow? What's the things we're afraid to talk about? And when it comes to a relationship, if we don't actively talk about sex, like, as something as a, you know, in the same way that we would probably talk about trying new food, you know, mm-hmm. you would actively in your relationship go, ah, oh, you know, we've had a lot of pasta in the last week, <laughs> you know. I know we've been at home a lot, but we had yeah. a lot of pasta, like... Could we try having some, I don't know, some curry? Would you like to try some curry? Yeah, we could try some curry. I haven't had curry for a long time. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of, of of attitude instead of being like, oh, we haven't had any pasta. I can't, well, we've had pasta a lot, but I can't talk to him about pasta because if I tell him <laughs> I don't want the pasta anymore, then- He's going
0: to be really offended.
2: He's going to be really offended. You see, we take it very personally, but it's mm-hmm. like we flow and we ebb. So it's it's a case of like, how do we re-energize and bring kind of uh, sex back in? Um, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions is spontaneous sex. We all think that sex should be mm. spontaneous.
0: How do you bring up th- those kind of things like, oh, I want to change this or like, can we try this in a positive way without shaming our partner and without like saying you're doing that wrong?
2: Well, I think, again, it's to start with um, what is it you, you, you know, you'd like Start by talking about that. Like I really enjoy, um, like I like to say to to my clients is a really good time to kind of not review sex, but kind of to talk about it is after you've had it, you know, yeah. to yes. say I really loved talk. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really beautiful, it's funny, mm. it's, a, it's yeah. a really beautiful part of kind of the the tantric um, lovemaking stages. One of them is kind of this after conversation where you talk about the beautiful things that you enjoyed in the lovemaking, right? Yeah. So, It's a great way to talk and be like, I really loved when you did this, or you did that, or you did this, because sometimes we don't even realise what it is when we're with our partner, what the little things that we did that they really enjoyed, right? Mm -hmm. And we all want our part, we all want to please our partners more, right? So when we hear those things, we're like, awesome, great, we'll do more of those things, right? Yeah. Now, in the same convers, not necessarily in the same conversation, right, is is saying, Oh, I really love those things. And actually, my body isn't enjoying that that thing so much anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And it just simply is like, my body's not enjoying that so much anymore. And also, it's like, I have a lightness to it as well when we say it. Because when we go into something with the mentality of, oh my God, shit, if I say this, they're going to go fucking mad. They're going to (laughs) be upset. They're going to be offended. Everything comes out in your words, right? All that emotion, all that feeling comes out in your words. So it's almost like, you're waiting for their response to be in line with what you think right yeah and we're amazing at finding a pattern even when it's not there like someone might go okay really and they'll be like oh my god we've offended them they didn't say very much and actually bring more relaxed energy to the conversation it's just you know knowing that you're just expressing your likes and your dislikes and that's okay right
0: yeah and if
2: someone does kind of come back and say oh you know oh i thought you used to like that and you say, yeah And I used to, and I may do again, but actually what I'm feeling for is, and then we put something in in place, what we'd like to try.
0: Mm. I feel like when people talk about spicing up sex lives and stuff like that, people always go like to BDSM or to like role play and that scares people, it scares people away from like spicing things up because they're like, well, I'm not, you know, not really into BDSM stuff and i definitely I'm not good at acting so <laughs>
1: <laughs> it could be light you know it doesn't have to be a like let's buy a whole new dungeon like it could just be like <laughs> oh would you like a little finger on your bum hole it doesn't have to go in could just mm. be placed on your bum hole that's quite nice yeah, yeah. yeah It is nice
2: isn't it
0: yeah. How do you, yeah? How, <laughs> how do you like, spice up vanilla sex? Like, if you are just, like, someone that doesn't like pain or doesn't really care for role play, like, what mm. is it that you can bring into sex for the vanillas?
2: Mm-hmm. I'm like that, you know. I'm not really into BDSM and role play and mm. things like that. And, you know, I've never thought I'm into vanilla sex. It doesn't feel like I'm into vanilla sex.
1: But, it feels wrong you saying, know, most... like, I am into vanilla. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I don't There's want a to shame... There's a lot yeah. of vanilla
2: sex judgment in the world, yeah,
0: isn't there? There really is.
1: is. Yeah, which we need to mm. abolish because vanilla sex isn't like like you know not as exciting as bdsm or kink it's like yeah. they, they are two very different forms of sex and they are both like they both need to be respected <sighs> and there's both a lot of like pros and cons to both of them is yeah. i feel like people who are into vanilla sex are like oh i'll be cool or like this is the next level if i'm into kink and it's like people are just, yeah. just it's just not into it if you're not into it why are you forcing it um yeah my it,
0: best sexual experiences have been very 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 vanilla yeah Mm.
1: comfortable
0: Mm. I I just I just thought of something that would be really good to explore if you're into vanilla sex just like really slow sex Mm. yes
2: (laughs) yes I I, you almost took the words out of my mouth that would be my my first thing to go to is like Mm. really slow down like to the point where because it's it's something speed is something we all can have some control of right when it comes to sex mm-hmm. if we we bring a level of consciousness like we were speaking about before we can bring in some we can change the speed we can vary the speed as well and again it's you can keep it inside the vanilla and so forth and then even tiny things like music do you want to play around with playing music or not playing mm. music right where yeah. we have sex in our homes or outdoors right if you you, know, you want to keep it in the home and the bed is i know the bed is the most it's the, most, it's the easiest place to have sex, right? It's the most comfortable as well, yeah. right? I fucking love yeah. the bed.
1: <laughs>
0: the bed's very comfy.
1: <laughs> I love the bed. It's great. But, I mean, even something like lube or um, sex mm. toys, a lot of people are, don't introduce sex toys. Or even just, like, booking a hotel room so you can go and enjoy it and sex isn't necessarily on the cards. The pressure of sex can be quite like too much I feel like we we both experienced that Florence where we've put pressure on the sex on our own sex lives on our partners and then that's caused issues and conflict and and yeah I mean I think the best advice I had was when I went to see a sex therapist with my last partner and and she was like right well for a week don't have sex you're not allowed to have sex it's off the cards and we were so fucking horny for each other I was shocked (laughs) I was so shocked he was you know he was like really into it he was like yeah I'm not Worried that I'm gonna not fuck you right or not give you what you want because sex isn't there anymore. And we almost caved because we were that horny. This is mad. Wow. That's beautiful. It's yeah. <laughs> beautiful, yeah. RIP
0: Thomas. Stunning, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think some people as well fear getting into relationships because there is such a stereotype that in a long-term relationship, sex will phase out and will get bad. Why do we fear this so much? I'm terrified Uh. of monogamy for that very reason.
1: Mm -hmm. I've just had like a mind-blowing moment, just like, is that why? That would make a hell of a no. lot of sense because I don't want to have yeah. that, like the fit. Okay, please teach me, David. I need your words of wisdom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I work with a few clients, a few a few men who come to me this thing. And, you know, I have nothing against uh, polyamory, open relating, ethical non-monogamy. I think it's a great structure for, for many people. But I think one of the, the things when it comes to the fear around long-term relationships and, and sex is that we get told so much that's how it is.
0: Yeah. Like everywhere you go, mm-hmm.
2: you watch movies, you watch TV. Your parents will tell you, your uncles, your aunts, your older friends. Everyone is always telling you, "Ah, uh, you know, in long-term relationships, sex gets boring." The same yeah. stuff. Always telling you, always. Yeah. The ball
0: and chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and the language, right? The language so. we use around relationships—it's
0: mm. so negative.
1: Well, like even Super like heavy. me, old man, me old lady is a bit like, "What are they all yeah.
0: I guess how how do you differentiate between like wanting an open relationship and being scared of monogamy? Yeah, like, is that just like Mm. a deep dive into therapy and to go into the psyche
1: and be (laughs) like, oh, I actually want monogamy, but I just want to be able to fuck like rabbits until I die.
2: I would say when you are in, you know, try both, right? Try things, right? We're We're living beings. You go, go try life, you know, go try out life and see what works for you, right? But it's coming up against what comes up is it fear? Because most of our fears are really unfounded, right? For the most part, right? Other than our kind of primal yeah. fears. A lot of them are things we've learned. So if you're in a muggles relationship, you're like, oh my God, the sex is gonna get boring. That's, that's your fear. And then you have to mm-hmm. ask yourself a sim- really simple question. Is that true? Is that, is what, is that the only option, right? And then the, the, you know, can follow up with is like, okay, how could I focus on what I would love and what would I love is to have great, endlessly, like various sex with my partner that goes to new depths, for instance, that might be something yeah. you'd really love. And you go, okay, how can I do that? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do right now, today, to start on this journey of having that? Yeah. Because though, like I said, with when we look at, say, uh, being polyamorous, it's easy to think, okay, having variety is easy because we have a variety of human bodies, Right. Whereas with you're know, with one person, you can bring a variety of energy into your relationship. You can take on new personas. You can play around with, you know, leading and surrendering. You know, you mm-hmm. can play around with, you know, if we come down to, you know, different polarities, we can play around. But what it takes, um, in my experience, right, is is to go deeper with one person, right? And that can be scary for us because it means deeper intimacy. And a lot of us, really, we are afraid of intimacy because you know we're scared of being seen, we're scared of being hurt and things like that. Vulnerability. But exactly, the vulnerability side of things. So it's to kind of look at yourself, right? And look at where, am I taking the easy option out? right? Because mm-hmm. we live in a society where we can always take an easy option out when it comes to relationships and dating. It's like where I come across yeah. clients who are afraid of commitment. They're like, oh, commitment's not for me, blah, 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 blah. blah and then we talk and then we realize that actually, they just never been in a relationship where they could feel that they were free in the relationship to be themselves.
0: What would you say to people that are just like, I don't want a relationship?
2: That's, that's their prerogative, really, you know. And again, if if it kind of comes to me, it's like, why? Why don't you want a relationship? What is mm. there? Is it? What do you think is possible for you inside a relationship? Or what do you assume is what relationships are like? Um, and then I often. I've done with with quite a few clients when they're like, I don't want a relationship, relationships are all bad, I lose my freedom, I feel trapped, you know, all it is is conflict and stress, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. I want you to take a look in your life, anyone you know, friends or family, and think about their relationship. Is there anyone's relationship you'd like to look of or you think, okay, what you would like to take from these different relationships, right? And then maybe come back to me and go, okay, so there's my uncle. I really love how, you know, they're playful and they're fun together. And there's my friend Joe. And Joe, he, him and his, you know, girlfriend, they always have a lot of sex and this, this and this. And you end up with the characteristics of what your relationship would you like it to be like and go, if you had a relationship like that, would you be happy? Would you feel good? And usually Mm -hmm. people are like, yeah, yeah, I'd love that. And you go, well, how can you create this? Because often we have this negative assumption that we go to very quickly because of some past experience. Yeah and it's to see that we get to create our experience in life and that includes relationships not all relationships are the same if you've had bad experiences before we can work through why you're recreating that and we start to make different decisions and different choices
0: yeah it's so interesting because I feel like um with with all my breakup stuff I've I've kind of opened up about like parts parts of the reasons and stuff. And one of them was that my partner didn't want a relationship. So it got to a point where I was like, I can't be in a relationship with someone that doesn't want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but the amount of people that have got in touch with me afterwards saying I've been in exactly the same situation. That makes me think like, wait, how come everyone's in a relationship with people that don't want to be in a relationship? Because if surely they didn't want to be in a relationship, they wouldn't be in a relationship at all.
1: Oh my god! I feel mm-hmm. like that's me. Like I feel like I'm in that moment where, like, I'm in a relationship and I don't want to have a boyfriend, or like I don't want to have that right now. But you now. like
0: all the nice things of the relationship. Yeah, right. It's hypocritical, <laughs> surely. Like
1: I, I am that person. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I don't. I don't want to be boyfriend and girlfriend. No, like I'm scared of that term. I almost feel like mm. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of like is it it's too soon i i really want to be like a powerful single woman and i can't be if i have a boyfriend you know yeah. there's a there's a, i know i know i'm like i'm sitting here like oh my god i need to write this down like holy <laughs> fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it that that is fascinating because a lot of people you're right a lot of people are in relationships that are literally basically the epitome of boyfriend girlfriend they are literally yeah. girlfriend girlfriend boyfriend boyfriend whichever terminology you use they are relationships yet yeah. Like, mm. what is it about that phrase? What is it about being like, as well? Because it's like the opposite side. Um, relationships are seen as like uh, success statuses. So why is it that I'm trying to shy away from it? Why do people shy away? Like, Why they don't want to get in there? Is it just because of past trauma and fear?
2: It's the meaning, isn't it? Say the word relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend. If yeah. you start thinking about the first words that come to you or the emotions that come to you, right? That's that's the indicator, that's the meaning you, you give to, to those things, right? Because ultimately for me, and I was I was the same, right? I, I probably go back seven, eight years ago, right? And I mm-hmm. thought relationships were the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. They never worked, they're full of stress. You know, um, the women I I believed all women were just like full of conflict and didn't want me to be free and blah, 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 and all those type of standard kind of tropey yeah. things that we hear from men. And it wasn't start I started to really unpack through, you know, through coaching and then later on through therapy what relationship meant to me. It was this heavy term and like I had a lot of negative connotations towards it. Now, we can just use a different word. You can call it partnership, for instance. How that partnership. Now that sounds like a nice word, mm, right? Yeah. You're in partnership. It does. It's a two-way thing of two people coming together or union. Union's a really nice word. Yeah. We come into mm-hmm. union together, right? Or you know, it's like boyfriend and girlfriend is a is a, is another one, right? Because it's just like we feel this, almost like we're locked into something. You know, I've heard mm. a lot of a lot of people relate to boyfriend girlfriend like prison.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. And
2: and we are saying earlier, right? We we're saying some of the terms, you know, about um, ball and chain and things like that. It's a lot about you know being locked in. So sometimes yeah. we just need to shift how we view certain terms. It's not the entity, the actual thing that we we don't like like we want to be in union with another human being who we we care for who cares for us and we enjoy the intimacy and so forth those things we feel comfortable with a lot of the time but yeah the, the word we label it with is actually it's the label that causes us more stress and pain than anything
1: yeah yes. like when you said that it's like wild. what what the term boyfriend brings up like i immediately like eyes watered i was like i just feel like pain and like length and heart heartbreak like long-term heartbreak of of feeling you know undesired and just like Mm -hmm. almost like knowing that boyfriend means it's gonna go to shit which is a horrible Mm -hmm. feeling to like a horrible thought to have because it's not true i I can't predict the future
0: i can't see what it's gonna be like it's just all based on past trauma right yeah a lot of people feel trapped i think by the word relationship the word boyfriend yeah. even
1: more so wife and husband that scares me even more mm. <laughs> i'm like terrified of that I, I remember saying to my last partner if you ever propose to me i will leave you like the opposite <laughs> direction because i'd be because like I'm, like within you clearly don't understand me and know what i want but i think it's just fear it's just the idea of being married to mm. someone is like even more in my eyes in my opinion
0: even more of a yeah. trap which is really fucked up that's not
1: that's not cool man it's supposed to be a beautiful nice thing yeah (laughs) how do we
0: redefine how do we redefine this because Mm -hmm. i think everyone's going to come into situations where one person in the relationship wants a label and one doesn't or Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe both people don't want the label but there's going to be other people in their lives that label them yeah so we're always going to come across the fear the fear wall like how do we yeah, what do we what do we do with that? How do we change the way we look at these labels?
2: Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like you read, you know, when I think of the word, not necessarily so much now, it has a lot less charge to me than it used to. Marriage used to be like, oh my God, I'm with someone and they talk about marriage. Mm-hmm. I Can I breathe? I'm not sure if I can breathe. Yeah. I can't mm. listen. I want to just run out the door. It used to be like that for me. Um, and I started to challenge that and start to look at like, okay, marriage. Like what is marriage? Marriage is like a... Uh, a commitment to each other, right? It also happens to be a, a, a document, a legally binding document, but let's put that to one side because, you know, it's a commitment to one another. Yeah. Okay. A commitment of what? Commitment of love, you know? And you get to design what your marriage is like. You get to design. It's your choice. No one else gets to choose. You get to choose. And when I start to think about that, um, it's like, okay, so I could be in a marriage where, oh, we could be swingers. We could go to sex parties. That's still a marriage. Hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I like the sound of that. Yeah, And I'm in a marriage where I can go on holiday on my own, maybe for two weeks if I fancy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I get to just use that as well. And we start to go, wait a minute. Oh, I start to lose some of the charge here. It starts to remove some of those those fears because the feeling of feeling trapped and suffocated, right, wasn't our own thoughts really it wasn't our own conclusions it's the one we've been told so often through Ugh. you know like i said it's so many
0: drilled t- into us
2: yeah yeah that when you get married my dad said this to me once oh god yeah he was he said to me not that long ago right and uh my parents have never been together my dad has never been married he's got five mm. children right
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he was like yeah when people get married, they get boring,
0: boring.
2: <laughs> ah. I remember hearing that and being like "Mm, wow yeah like as as a negative assumption another negative thought you would never get married if you meant if it to you it meant becoming boring Mm -hmm. so i started to asking questions i was like what about this person you know they're quite cool they're quite fun and he was like "Mm." and he was resistant to wanting to even acknowledge that right (laughs) 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 because we want to hold on to our beliefs right so we have to first a lot of it we have to be like am i willing to let go of this belief?" Am I willing to let go? Am I willing to change this belief right? And then yeah. we have to investigate that belief where it comes from maybe but also alternative beliefs that we would like to bring in like okay, I want to believe that marriage can be fun and exciting um, and interesting and full of great sex And a bit like what I said earlier is like start going okay is there relationships around like are there people i know who are married who are super cool and fun like can i think of some celebrities who i think their marriage looks like this because then we start to break down our kind of internal kind of barriers and fears for ourselves and one of the things that i do personally and this is just i do a lot of breath work these days Mm. and i do lots of um just like deep breathing when i realize that i come up against something that causes a reaction in my body, right? So talking about having babies, talking about marriage for many years brought a very, very strong physical reaction to my body, right? And I noticed that what happened is I stopped breathing. I couldn't think properly. I started to only think of my fearful thoughts that are in my head and I stopped being able to feel into my partner who was in front of me often when we're having these conversations. So Mm -hmm. I learned a great technique from a book that I read and it was just about breathing. Breathing very deeply, feeling the soles of my feet, tuning into my senses and it allows me to dissipate that those those kind of bodily sensations when they come out I you know and I find that that's helped me so much over the last three years it's a simple practice it's like you know I do this in arguments as well it's like okay I'm in an argument I'm feeling like I can't process what's happening because I'm just stuck in my fearful thoughts breathe deeply hmm <sighs> feel the ground and like i saying yeah. to myself and it brings me back into being present to what's happening to the connection I have um, so you know some of that somatic work can, can really help as well mm,
0: that's
1: yeah such meditation a, yeah mm. grounding that's such an incredible point
0: I think that we need to end on um, yeah, this is such a beautiful conversation.
1: I honestly did not want it to end, and I'm just like, I just <laughs> yeah. could listen to you all day. With your nice, calming voice you're so your insightful. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. thank you. <laughs> of course, if if anybody else wants to get in touch with you, have a coaching session, like where mm. can we find you? How do we uh, get a hold of you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can find me usually hanging out on Instagram uh, at the Authentic Man underscore. Um, that's probably the you know on the, um, the best place to get me. You can question, ask me questions and watch my videos and stuff like that. I've also got my podcast, The Authentic yeah. Man with David Chambers. There's like almost like ninety plus episodes of me talking about Amazing.
1: those things. Um, Amazing! So Amazing! podcasts are like like free
0: therapy sessions aren't they like florence Mm. is knee deep in podcast therapy sessions right now oh my god during my like this breakup it's been three weeks i have been like podcasts have been my savior if i'm ever Mm. like at a really low moment and i need some reassurance to if i if i ever feel like overwhelmed with like why why did this happen i don't understand it put in a podcast, which is relevant, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, then I'm like, okay, cool. I can breathe, I, Like just listening to other people's experiences mm-hmm. and just someone saying to me, well, not to me, on the podcast, um, <laughs> someone saying, there doesn't have to be a why. Some mm-hmm. things are just meant to happen. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you, you can feel it if it's meant to happen, you can feel it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Can breathe now yeah fascinating yeah, so well
1: hopefully everyone go and find um david's podcast have a listen yeah click into that knowledge it's amazing
0: yeah thank you so much david for coming on it has been so insightful and such an amazing conversation
1: yeah i cannot I wait know, to thank you. to bring what you've taught me into like Into this new relationship that I'm experiencing. I even said the word relationship. Oh my (gasps) God. Oh my God. Um, So thank you. Thank you. It's definitely given me a lot to think about. So yeah, thank you very much.
2: No, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I've been, you know, I've been keenly following you guys for quite a while. Been quite an inspiration for me.
1: Oh, I love this. And uh, thank you, our Curious Fuckers, for having a listen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have, of course, please share it to everyone and anyone that might benefit from it because that's how we spread the joy. Yeah, to everyone. Everyone. As well as rate, review it, do the five-star thing on iTunes because it actually helps us get into the charts. Is that what it's called? The podcast? Yeah. If you rate and review us,
0: more people can hear this. Yeah.
1: And, of course, if you are watching this on YouTube, nice. But if you do want to see our beautiful faces and, of course, see David's beautiful face, you can watch it on YouTube, have it playing in the background or, alternatively, listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for your commute to work. Because, you know, why wouldn't you want to listen to our voices all day, every day? Mm, yeah. What else do we need to say? Instagram.
0: <laughs> Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at FlorenceBark, @ReadAmberEggs and at comecurious.
1: Mm, and we will uh, and see we you, next-
0: you next oh, he- we will hear you next week <laughs> you will see you next Thursday Curious uh, love you bye. all bye
1: crowd network a place where you belong